Would you turn to uh, two openings, please, this morning? John 15 and 2 Peter 1. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, the ushers have extra Bibles. Raise up your hand real high and they'll get one to you. You can use one of ours and turn to John 15, 2 Peter 1. John 15 and 2 Peter 1. John 15. We've been on the subject for some weeks now called fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. And this has been our main text here in John 15 verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch. Somebody say every branch. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. If you don't like the sound of that, then you ought to bear fruit. And every branch. How many of them? Every branch that's bearing fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Skip down to verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified. That you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Verse 16. You've not chosen me. But I've chosen you. And ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name. He may give it you. So we know the Lord expects us, after all he invests into us, he expects a return, doesn't he? He expects us to bear and produce fruit, and if we are already producing some, he expects us to produce more. And of course, he knows what we're capable of and what he can do through us. And so we spent quite a bit of time on this, and we found a passage over here in Second Peter, if you'd turn there. Second Peter, that first chapter, that is rich in showing us how to be more fruitful. Second Peter and the first chapter, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power is given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. That's called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. The word is not just information. The word has the power to enable you to partake of the divine nature that is in the word you're hearing. Say it another way. The word has the power to cause you to become what you're hearing and seeing. Not just information. Transformation. By divine Holy Ghost action. Mm-hmm. You're not just in here this morning to get some information. Hmm? You're in here for some transformation. Less of you, more of Him. More like Him, more godly will be more fruitful. And these words are what enable you to be that. He said, beside this, giving all diligence. 
So that's not just something that you pay casual attention to. Giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge temperance. And to temperance patience. And to patience godliness. And to godliness brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things, these seven things he just mentioned. If they be in you and abound. They will make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is this a treasure on how to be fruitful and how to bear fruit and more fruit? He said, if these things are in you and increasing and abounding, you will not be barren. You will not be unfruitful. What does that mean? You will bear fruit. You are going to be bearing fruit and increasing and bearing more fruit. So we've gone over these one by one. And uh, what was the first one we looked at? You add to your faith. Virtue. We said that is the word that means excellence. So if you add this to yourself, it's going to make you more fruitful. Well, the lack of it or the opposite of it is what would make you unfruitful. What's the opposite of excellence? Slackness. Laziness. Make do. Only do the minimum required. You know. Never reach out to your full ability. Or, no, what's excellence? Excellence is reaching to the top. You know, I don't care what it is. What you're looking at doing or what you're looking at getting, go straight to the top first. I don't know if you understood what I just said or not. I don't care what you're looking at. If it's a thing, if it's an opportunity, if it's an operation, if it's a piece of equipment, I don't care what it is. Go straight to the top first. Look at that and then see where your faith is. If your faith's not there, at least you got that in your eyes now. And believe to operate where you are, but even though that's where you are, you got your eyes there. Excellence. God is top. His things are to be the best. Don't you believe that? His things are to be the best. So excellence. If your make do's are good enough and bare minimum, you're not going to achieve all that you can achieve. Excellence and a seeking after it will cause you to be more fruitful. What else did you say add to your faith? Knowledge. And that's not just knowing, but the word means seeking knowledge. After it. Seeking it. Every day you need to wake up thankful for what you have learned, but realizing, oh man, there is so much more to learn and I need to be. See, if you get to acting like I pretty much got what I need, that's going to keep you from bearing more fruit. You got to be hungry and you're going after more saying, oh Lord, I know there's so much I've never even seen and known and heard of. Show me, please. Teach me. I'm hungry for it. And that's going to make you more fruitful. What else? Add to, you, add to your knowledge what? Temperance. Temperance. We talked about that self-control. Having the mastery over your desires and your feelings and your flesh and these kind of things. What else do you add? Patience. Patience. That's perseverance. You can't be a quitter and bear the most fruit. How many of you got to see things to the end? Some things don't produce overnight or in a week or two. And you got to just keep believing and just keep staying with it. And stay. And this is tied to the excellence, isn't it? 
It's all tied together, but you just keep staying after it, and you'll see if you don't faint, you will reap, the Bible said. What else? Add to patience godliness. We spent some time on that last week, I believe it was, about how being more godly, you're going to produce God-like, godly fruit. Being ungodly, you're going to produce ungodly fruit. So we want to be more and more like Him, godly. That brings us to our next one. What's the next one? Brotherly kindness. Let me read you some other uh, verses. Don't You don't have to turn there, just listen. Romans 12.10 says this. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Hebrews 13.1 says, let brotherly love continue. 1 Peter 2.17 says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. He, he distinguishes between honor all and the brotherhood. And then 1 Peter 1 and 22. It says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren... See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Everybody say brotherly love. Brotherly Brotherly kindness. kindness. The distinguishing point is that this person has a special relationship with you that others do not. They are your brother. Now this is the the core, the driving thing that's in every group that's amounted to anything from the Boy Scouts to labor unions to college fraternities and sororities to prison gangs. Brotherhood. Brotherhood. What does that mean? Well, there's this desire. It's the appeal. It's what draws so many that come up in rough circumstances, and even some that don't, into crime. Because if you grow up and you, uh, your own parents don't care about you, and, and your own siblings don't care about you, you're starving for that. You want somebody that's got your back. And cares about you. And will be there for you. Through thick and thin. And so. Whether it's a crime family. Or a gang. Or this group or that group. These. Entities are promising this. You go through this regimen. Through this routine. You be an apprentice. You be a pledge. And you pass. And prove to us you got the same commitments and values as we do. And you'll be a part of us. And you'll have it made forever. If we got it, you got it. If you need anything, we'll be there for you. We got your back. This appeals universally. But here's the thing. There's only one group that really has this. Now, I know a lot of people might say, well, no, no, listen to me. There is only 
one. Not two or three. There's only one group that has this. True brotherhood that we're reading about in the scriptures is the love of God. And it is this love. The love that will lay down its life for you. That's what Jesus did. And that's what he told us to do. What did he say? You know, in the Old Testament, it says love, not your brother, your neighbor as yourself. That is not the New Testament command. Anybody remember what the New Testament commandment is? Love one another. He's looking at his disciples when he said this. That's your brother. And love them how? Not as you love yourself. You love them like I have loved you. How many know he has loved us and has given himself for us? He sacrificed himself, spirit, soul, and body. He gave his own blood. And even today, he ever lives to make intercession for us. Is it true? He really is a brother that'll never leave you. That'll never forsake you. If he's got it, you got it. If you need him, he's there. These other groups, you can't have this unless you're born again. You can pretend you got it, but you watch. Every time, I don't care if it's a fraternity, I don't care if it's a union, I don't care if it's a a crime family or a gang. If it comes down to you or them, they're going to sacrifice you every time. Don't kid yourself. They think you might talk to the police. I love you like a brother. And it's nothing personal. But I got to shoot you. For the good of the family. Then there's no real brotherhood there. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all deception. Are you with me friends? This is where the church. Are to be showing the world. How it's done. And if we don't have this, we don't have anything that distinguishes us from the rest of the world. Because Jesus said it was by this that all men would know that we're his. Isn't it true? Our passage said this would make us fruitful. Of course, the very next one he talks about is love. Just the love of God, brotherly kindness and love. And uh, by contrast, what's going to make you unfruitful? Selfishness? Taking care of number one? Ain't my problem. That's their problem. No, if it's your brother, (laughs) it's family. But before we go further into your brother and loving your brother and how, we need to establish this very plainly and clearly. Jesus asked this question. Who is my brother? I'm quoting Jesus. Is everybody your brother? I was reading again last night. Some of the most eloquent writings. About the universal fatherhood of God. 
and the universal brotherhood of God. How that irrespective of ethnicity and background and, and religion and everything that we are all fellow men and brothers and sisters and God is our father and it's a lie. I said, oh, it sounds great, but it's a lie. Now, humanity can be broken down into numerous groups, depending on what you're talking about. But when it comes to spiritual families, there are only two in the earth. With no exception, there are only two spiritual families that exist. Because there are only two spiritual fathers. One is God. The other is the devil. Go with me to John 8 please. And let's let Jesus explain it to us. You know. uh, Before I read John 8. Put up Galatians 6 on the screen there. Galatians 6 and 10. He said, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to them who are of the household of faith. He distinguishes, doesn't he? The New Century version, put that up if you got that, the New Century. When we have the opportunity to help anyone, we should do it. Can we do things for people that are not in the family? Certainly. Sure we can. But. Somebody say but. But. We should give special attention. To those who are in the family of believers. The Bible talks about those that are without. And those that are within. You're either out. Or you're in. There are no third, fourth, and fifth groups that are in the middle or that are on the side. Did you hear me? You're either in the family of God or you out of the family of God. And only those that are in are your brothers. And you can be kind. And you can do things for people that are not believers. And sometimes it's a showing of the love of God that could help draw them in. But. You can also waste your God-given resources on unbelievers and miss God. Should I feel obligated and take my God-given resources and blessings and pour them out and give them to a blasphemer who will laugh as soon as I leave and consider me an easy mark and won't even give God thanks? And considers Jesus' uh, virgin birth and resurrection a fairy tale or an outright lie? Who's he going to be thankful to? And he don't even believe in God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, it's good to do things for people that are unbelievers. He just got through saying, as you have opportunity, that's great. But there ought to be a difference in your mind. And in your operations, especially to those who are the household of faith, that's a brother. And that's different. And if you'll look at the scriptures in James and also in 1 John, 
where he talks about seeing those that have need and those that need food or those that need clothes. He's not talking about just anybody in the world. He said, if you see your brother. Didn't he say that? Not meaning you couldn't help unbelievers, but there should be a difference in our mind and a difference in our operations and our actions. And in fact, we should be so good to each other that unbelievers want to get in. It should draw them to want to get in because they think, man, if you become a part of that group, you got it made. And there ought to be a difference between being in and being out. Are y'all with me, friends? John 8. John 8. And down about uh, verse 37. Jesus, talking to the religious leaders of the Jews of the synagogue, he said, I know you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Before I read the rest of this, let me preface it with this. How many families, spiritual families are there in the earth? Two and only two. Now, if you try to say, yeah, but Brother Keith, you're not accounting for this. Oh, yes, I am. Two and only two. Now, I know you can divide humanity up in different groups, depending on what you're talking about. But when it comes to spiritual families, only two. And so humanity seeks to save itself by two main areas. There's only one family of God and only one way into the family of God. In these natural clubs and brotherhoods, you've got to pass tests and prove yourself worthy and all this kind of thing. Not so in the kingdom of God. There's only one way in. You must be born again. Amen. Only one way. And how do you get born again? By faith in Jesus Christ. Just because somebody believes in God doesn't make them your brother. Faith in Jesus being born again. And so if people have not done that, then they're seeking to save themselves by two main ways. Number one, who they are, who they think they are. And number two, what they do works. There are people in the planet that are expecting that they'll be saved because of who they are. Their bloodline. Did you hear me? Their genealogy. Who their fathers were. What kind of people. I mean that. And that goes back to all kind of offshoots of that. Have to do with racism and every other kind of thing. Who I am naturally. And nobody is going to be saved. Because of who they are naturally. Read this. He said, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. Now, who's he talking to? The leaders of the Jews in the synagogue. And he says, you and I don't have the same father. Didn't he say that? They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. 
Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So is he telling them that they're not? And yet I assure you, especially these Pharisees, they could take you to their family tree and they could trace it back to the tribe and back and prove to you that they are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, no, you and I don't have the same father. He said, now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Boy, this is making them mad. Because they're so proud of their natural heritage. They're the seed of Abraham. You know, Jesus told individuals on another occasion, he said, don't you, I'm paraphrasing now, don't boast about you being the seed of Abraham. He said, God could raise up of these stones, children of Abraham. Didn't he say it? He said, you do the deeds of your father. And they said, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me. And if we just stop preaching right now, that's the most, one of the most important things you're going to hear. Right there, how can I tell if somebody's in the family of God, if somebody is my brother? Easy. They love Jesus. Not just they believe in Jesus like Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. No, they love Jesus. Because if you know him, you love him. If you don't love him, you don't know him. Is he telling them, God is not your father? Hmm? You got another father. And yet here they are, Jews of the Jews. Leaders of the synagogue, proud of their natural heritage. He said, no, God's not your father. Keep reading. If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded from and came from God. Neither came of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words. He says, I'm talking, but you're not hearing a thing. We're in two different families. We've got two different fathers. You are of your father, the devil. Who did he tell was of their father, the devil? People that had all kind of reason to be proud of their lineage and what they've descended from and believe that they're going to be saved because of what they are naturally. He said, you're of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Are there two families in the earth with two spiritual fathers? Yes. Look at Mark the third chapter. Mark three. I said people... Seek to claim salvation through two main things. Through who they are, what they are naturally. And what's the second one? What they do. Their works. But can you be part of the family of God by either one of those? No, you cannot. You cannot. 
in Mark the third chapter. Mark 3 and 31. It said, Then came there his brothers and his mother. These are his natural blood brothers and mother. And standing without, they sent to him and called him. And the multitude set about. And they said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers without are seeking for you. And he answered them and said, Who is my mother? Or my brethren. And he looked round about on them which said about. And he said behold. He's pointing to them his disciples. Here's my mother. Here's my brothers. For whosoever shall do the will of God. The same is my brother. And my sister. And my mother. Luke says my mother and brothers are these. Which hear the word of God. And do it. They were trying to make a big deal. Out of his natural family. And he said, no, these are my brothers right here. These are my sisters. This is my mother. So according to Jesus, just because a person is born in the same house with you, that doesn't automatically make them your brother spiritually. True or not? Who's your brother? Cut all the stuff aside and get right to it. How do you know somebody's your brother? They love Jesus. It's not complicated. I don't care how religious they are. I don't care how long they've gone to church. I don't care how many scriptures they can quote. And you can hear them. They talk academically about Jesus and his wonderful teachings for humanity. And you can tell they don't know him and don't really care about him. That's not your brother. Makes no difference what church they go to or any of that. But I don't care if it's a a young one or an old one. They can't quote you one scripture, can't find you one reference. But when they start talking about Jesus, their eyes light up. (laughs) And you know, they've been born again. You know, that's your brother. It ought to mean something to you. Listen to these verses. People are not saved by who they are Naturally, listen to these verses. Galatians 3 and 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You believe that? Galatians 6 and 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Colossians 3.10. Colossians 3.10 and 11. Since you put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, the new creation, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, Circumcision, nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, or free. What does that mean? None of that makes any difference. Does it? Nobody's going to be saved by any of that. But how are you going to be saved? None of it matters except a new creation. Christ is all. Say it out loud. Christ is all. Say it again. Christ is all. He's everything. And without Him, 
What about without him? You are lost. Period. Not in the family. Can't be. Cannot be. I am reading scriptures, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. The second thing we said is that people seek to be saved by their works, don't they? Their works. The Bible said, I won't take the time to go into it, but numerous places in Romans and Galatians and other. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Our best works and our best right works and righteousness is as filthy rags, unacceptable. Nobody is going to be in heaven because they lived a perfect life and because they did so many good works. And nobody's going to be in heaven because of who their daddy was or their grandpa or who they can draw their family tree back to. Nobody. That's not my ideas. We've already given you a dozen scriptures. How do you get in? There's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. There's one Lord. One body. One faith. One baptism. One. 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 One family of God. And one way in. Jesus. Aren't you glad you know him? Aren't you glad you love him? Aren't you glad that you're glad that you're glad that you know? That your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus calls you brother. We just don't know a fraction of what that means. But he does. And the father, because of our faith in him, the father calls us his very own child. Mm-mm. Somebody say glory to God. Go to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, please. Let's talk a little more about loving your brother. How to love your brother. Because this is going to make us fruitful, isn't it? The reason I camped on it is because you need to know who you love him. You can do kind things for people outside the church. We're not saying you can't. But you need to know they're not your brother. And you ought to especially do things. I'm quoting scripture. For your brothers. For those who are of the household of faith. I mean, when you find out. When I'm meeting strangers. That's what I'm looking for all the time. Are they a brother? Makes no difference what country I'm in, what language they speak. Male, female, color, age, none of that matters. Are they a brother? If they're not, I'd like for them to be. Like for them to come on, get in the family. But if they are in the family, we got a tie, we got a bond. We are eternally connected forever. And I ought to be ready to help you. And you ready to help me. Because we're brothers. Brothers, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 9, he makes a distinguishing again between the family of the enemy and the family of God. 1 Corinthians 5, 9, he said, I wrote to you in an epistle, in a letter, not to company, not to hang out with fornicators. You know, that'd be a whole message right there, wouldn't it? (laughs) A lot of folks act like that's not even in the scriptures. Said out loud, don't hang out out with fornicators. fornicators. Okay. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, 
are with the covetous, are extortioners, are idolaters. These are also folks you shouldn't hang with. He said, but I'm not talking about in the world. Because if you don't do business with anybody in the world that's like this, you'd have to leave the planet. (laughs) But now I have written to you, don't keep company if any man is what? Called a brother. See, he's making a difference, isn't he? A brother, if he's a fornicator, if he's covetous, if he's an idolater, a railer, a drunkard, an extortioner, don't hang with them. Don't eat with them. Don't spend time with them. Verse 12, for what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not you judge them that are within? There's without and within. Nobody in the middle, nobody on the side. In or out. Them that are without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Let's keep reading on into the uh, sixth chapter. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know you not that we shall judge angels? Then we're not going to be angels. Your preachers say all kind of unscriptural things. You know, God took this little one because he needed another angel in the choir. No, we're different categories of being. We're going to judge angels. I know that sounds amazing, but it's Bible. We should believe it. How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. They ought to be more qualified than unsaved people out in the world. I speak to you shame. Is it so that there's not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. How many of you understand we're supposed to handle things in-house? We're supposed to handle family business in the family and not drag it out in front of unbelievers. But verse 6, he's correcting them, isn't he? Spirit of God is reproving them. He said, brother is going to law with, or we could say against brother. And that they're going before the unbelievers. They're dragging each other in front of unsaved judges with unsaved lawyers. This is a serious failure, isn't it? Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? See, what is the spirit of brotherhood? What's the spirit? Jesus is our example. He's our brother. What did he do? He gave himself for us. If we're giving ourselves for each other, we're not going to be suing each other. This is acting like heathen. Acting like people in the other family. That's what he says. He said there's utterly a fault among you. Because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Because of selfishness. And because of lack of faith. See when you have faith. You're not looking at somebody else. To make me rich. 
You're certainly not looking at taking their money away from them so I can have it. You will say, hey, take it. Under your breath, you're saying, God will give me three times that. Before you turn around. But see, when you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know how, and that looks like it's within your grasp, your flesh, if you don't have faith, will try to wrestle and fight and grab. But it especially ought to make a difference to you if it's a brother. There's been some things with Phyllis and I in the ministry numerous times that we're looking at something, we're dealing with something, and then we realized, well, there's another church involved in this, or there's another ministry involved in this. And immediately, that, that makes all the difference to me. I do not want to get in their way. I do not want to hinder them. I'd be better off taking a loss somewhere. Do you understand this? Now, if, if it's unbelievers, that's a different deal. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for me. Now, that don't mean I lie and cheat. That don't mean I try to take it. You want to be honest and fair with everybody. But you understand what I'm saying? Not the same thing. God can do some interesting things. If it's a fellow church, if it's a brother, I must not do anything that would injure them or harm them or get in their way. Are you with me, friends? And that's not just with fellow church fellow ministry why would it be that way because they are a brother and they're your brother the Bible said this would make us fruitful he said no you're the one verse 8 doing wrong and you're the one defrauding and that your brethren you're defrauding your brothers how many understand this is a bad thing he's giving stern correction and reproval this is a bad thing we are, go to First John while I'm saying this, we are to make a difference between those that are in the family and not in the family. And we are to love our brother, a brotherly affection, like you saw these little guys up here. Didn't the Bible say unless you become converted and become like a little child? I mean, when things are right, they'll hug each other, they'll help each other. But you see, it don't take long till they start having to deal with the flesh, don't they? They don't take stuff away from each other. Be selfish. But that, that's not their disposition from the beginning. You have to yield to that and learn that. But we need to be converted and become like little children that hadn't been spoiled yet. <laughs> and love each other. And say, here, you can have my popsicle. And when you got faith, you're not scared because you know God will give you three more. Different flavors. (laughs) Here, you can have have it. You can do it. You do it. You have it. And when you begin to mature, you actually take pleasure in watching a brother prosper. It it blesses you. It ministers to you. Why? Because it's part of me. We're all part of the same body. It blesses me. It's me being blessed. When you're coming up, when your needs are met, when you're held. That's one of the things that I so value about those that you do see some maturity in the body of Christ. 
And it troubles you because you see so many with churches, with ministries, they seek their own. They're so scared. Somebody's going to take some money away from them. Somebody's going to get a big offering that they could have got. Some of their people are going to wind up over there. It's about building me. Getting mine. And friend, as long as you're that way, you won't rise. You'll stay small. You'll struggle. But when you realize this thing's big. This is the great big kingdom of God. And there are brothers everywhere and sisters everywhere doing good things. And Lord, let me help them. Let me encourage. Let me be a strength. Let me be a conduit and a channel for you to bring a blessing through. And friend, you start being that. And you'll see that you'll reap what you've sown. God will raise up others towards you. Did you find 1 John? I'm thinking about closing. I just don't want to short you. 1 John 3. And 10. 1 John 3. And 10. He said in this, the children of God are manifest. And who else? The children of the devil. Does he mention any other groups? Any other families? Any other place in scripture? No. It's only these two. If you're saying, well, Brother Keith, but you're not aware that maybe I am aware. I'm telling you, there are only two spiritual families. Because there are only two spiritual fathers, the devil and God. The children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that what? How can you tell who's not in the family? They don't love the brothers. That comes directly back to the ones that don't love Jesus either. We'll see that in just a moment. Next verse. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. That we should what? We should love who? He didn't just say that you should love everybody. See, the church has changed some scriptures. We need to stay with what he told us. That you should love who? Yes, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And yes, we should love and care about people coming in. But the commandment is to love each other like he loves us. That you should love one another. Verse 12. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And why did he kill him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. He was envious. He was jealous. Keep reading. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. See, they're a totally different family. They don't like us. Don't be shocked when you find out they don't like you. Well, I want everybody to like you. Well, they're not. <laughs> Verse 14. Oh, this is important. We what? We know know that we have passed from death unto life because we got a certificate that we were baptized. (laughs) And my family's been in such and such church for four generations because I talk in tongues and I got the power. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. No. The Lord didn't say by that people would know. What did he say? How do we know? 
we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. We've come out of death into life. We've been born again, become a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. All things have become new. How do we know? How do we know? Because we love the brethren. The brethren. Somebody say the brethren. The brethren. The brethren. Who's your brother? Who's your brother? Got nothing to do with age, culture, skin color, background, education. Got nothing to do. Nothing to do with any of that. Tell me who your brother is. Who's your brother? They love Jesus. <laughs> That's your brother. That's a brother you're going to be with for eternity. We know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother is staying living in death. Existing in death, I should say. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We ought to be doing this to such a degree. And we've touched on it. We've begun it at this church right here. Now, we hadn't remotely arrived, but we have started. I said, we've started. People are loving each other. They are. Good things are happening. And if we do this, it will show people that care to look and see that this thing they've been trying to do is not it. A lot of times, deception stays on you because you hadn't seen the real. You hold on to this false substitute because you hadn't seen the real. But once you see the real, nothing else will suffice. A lot of you may have tried different things before you got saved, before you got in the family. You might have thought you had a brotherhood. You might have thought this and that, and you saw them hang you out to dry, and you saw them sell you out, and you saw this and saw that. It ought not be in the body of Christ. You got some brothers acting like heathen. It's sad. But that's not for us to judge. It's for us to see to it that we're not that way. That we are willing to lay down our life for the brothers. Are you? Willing to lay down your life for the brothers. Before we get through, let's read this chapter here. He said, verse 19 of chapter 4, We love him. Because he first loved us. If a man say I love God. And hates his brother. He's a liar. That's plain. For he that loves not his brother. Whom he has seen. How can he love God. Whom he has not seen. This commandment have we from him. That he who loves God. Love his brother. Also. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Is that you? And everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. If you love the Lord, you're going to love the other ones that are born of him, your brothers. By this we know that we love the children of God 
when we love God and keep His commandments. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud. I love my brother. I love Jesus. And I love my brothers. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I heard a fellow testify one time. He had gone to church in a little traditional church for years and years and years. Just out of routine and habit, I guess. This is his words now. He said he'd stand and he'd look and old sister so-and-so would shout and he'd go, ah, she's just a hypocrite. I know what she did last week and I know that. And and old brother so-and-so would shout and he'd go, ah, just bothers me to hear him. Old so-and-so. What's he shouting about? And he'd just do that with half the people in there. Until one day, God moved on him and he came to the altar and dropped to his knees and gave his heart to Jesus. And was gloriously, after decades of church going, born again, saved. And he said he he knew something amazing had happened to him and he knew he loved the Lord and he knew Jesus was real to him. But he really knew something had happened to him next Sunday. When he came and old sister so-and-so got up and testified. And he had nothing bad to say about her. He just looked at her and said, I love sister so-and-so. <laughs> oh yeah, that stuff there was still there, but you know, she's a good soul. And brother so-and-so started to shout and he went, glory to God. I love brother so-and-so. He's a good soul. What has happened to him? He's passed from death to life. How can you tell? He loves the brethren. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.